him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and might free those who, through fear of death, were subject to slavery all their lives. Now, the question I've been debating a little bit with some people on the uh, Internet, which I don't really recommend, (laughs) but uh, is it really appropriate to celebrate Christmas? Is this something that we should be doing? Now, a lot of times they make the argument that Christmas is a pagan holiday or it was copied off of a pagan holiday to the worship of uh, the Roman god Saturn, that's little g, or that it was uh, a copy off of worshiping a god called Mithra. Uh, and the Romans or the Catholic Church decided, hey, we've got to have something else besides all this pagan Christmas time worship. We've got we to come up with something to, to supplant that. Um, the others have said that Christmas is not really commanded in Scripture. There's no instructions for it. We're not to do it. So is it really a biblical practice for us to celebrate Christmas time? Well, first of all, in Colossians 2.16, it says, No one is to act as your judge in, in regard to food or drink or in respect to festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. So for us to run around and point fingers at other people to say that you celebrating Christmas is pagan is not really biblical in itself. Uh, that's stepping into legalism. But in Hebrews 2.14, we have, I want us to kind of notice this Christmas train, if you will, this connectedness of is it appropriate really for us to celebrate this as a holiday? First of all, it says that children, we calls, he calls us children, Therefore, since the children, that's us, you and I, and I guess backing up before that, it says the first word is therefore. Anytime you see the word therefore in a text, you have to ask, what is it there for? It's a concluding thought. And the concluding thought is, is that Jesus Christ has come into the world, made lower than the angels, yet he is far superior than the angels. That's what the preceding chapters are breaking up to. But then it calls, it says, so therefore, we... Humans, therefore, since we are humans, he became human, right? There's two sets of children in this world. The children is us. There's either the children of the promise and the children of the devil, right? And so it says that, therefore, he became human. Since we took on, we are flesh and blood, he took on flesh and blood. Why? The second point of that is that he came to die. Jesus is goal, his, his reason for coming to taking on human flesh because he was born to die. We've seen that through Luke, how expediently we go through the birth of Jesus and then right into ministry, right? And by dying, what did he accomplish? What happened with him dying? The third point is that he came to destroy the one who had the power of death, and that is the devil, right? It tells us that. He has isolated Satan's power for us by dying. So that the concluding thought, the ultimate point of that is so that he could deliver us and free us from slavery and lifelong death. Now, one thing we need to know is that sin is slavery. There's a philosophical question that I throw out to guys occasionally is who is the most free? Who has the most freedom? Is it someone who can sin? 
Is it someone who can't sin, or is it someone who can sin and cannot sin? See, we take it in terms of someone who can and cannot sin has the most freedom. But that's not true. When you look at it in the context of Scripture, and that's where you have to take any philosophical argument, you have to look at it through the lens of Scripture and understand that we are most free when we don't sin, when we can't sin. Beloved, when we get to heaven, there will be no more sin, no more pain, no more suffering, no more death. And that is when you will experience your most absolute freedom in your entire life. Slavery, sin is absolute slavery. Okay? But the duty is ours. We are called not to sin. We're called to flee. Flee sexual immorality. Flee this. Flee that. Right? We're to be running men and women. We are on the run. We're running away from sin. The duty is ours, but the power belongs to God. Apart from me, Jesus said, you can do what? Nothing. Right? And it was for freedom, Galatians 5 tells us, is that it was for freedom that Christ came. He came to set us free. Free from what? Free from the power of sin. Consider uh, Colossians 2, 13 through 15. It says that he canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us. He took the one thing, the one thing that could condemn us, and that was our sin. He took it away from us. So, we don't celebrate Christmas so that we can get gifts. We don't celebrate Christmas to honor a pagan god. And I know of absolutely none of us in here, and I don't know of any Christians in the, that I know of that are bowing down to their Christmas tree or worshiping false gods. We're here to celebrate Christ. Christ coming into the world. God in the flesh. God himself said, I'm coming down. He took on flesh, the infinite God of all creation, being made in our likeness, took on flesh, lowered himself, stooped down, not out of any need on his part. He didn't have to do this, but because of his great love, because of his great mercy, he did this. Because of his mercy and grace, he then went on to the cross. He died in your and my place. And then the wrath that you and I rightly deserved, he took on at the cross. You want to try to reconcile the love and the wrath of God? Just look to the cross. That's where those two intersect in the most beautiful way. So the mercy that we needed, the wrath that we deserved, he took on. The mercy that we needed was given to us. And he perfectly satisfied God's requirement for sin. Perfectly kept the law without blame. No deceit was found in his mouth. He didn't abolish the law, but he perfectly fulfilled it. And by perfectly fulfilling it, he became the spotless, sinless Lamb of God. He died on the cross in your and my place. 1 John 3.8 says, The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. So is it, is it at all appropriate that we celebrate the incarnation of God? Is it appropriate that we take this time? We don't know if December 25th is actually Jesus' birthday. We have no idea. But it is most appropriate for us to give thanks to God 
for coming down and rescuing us from the power of sin, rescuing us from Satan, delivering us. So at this time, it is wonderful, it is most appropriate that we can say Merry Christmas because of that very fact. Amen? Amen. We have one more song to sing.